0: Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. Listen in as we connect with other creative entrepreneurs and have real conversations about life, business, and everything in between.
1: Owning a creative business doesn't have to be confusing or overwhelming, and you don't have to go at it alone. It's absolutely possible to be successful as a modern creative, and we want to help you to go after your own creative dreams. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Modern Creative Podcast. Today, Joyce and I wanna come clean and share some truths with y'all. That's right, we're chatting about some of our biggest mistakes and what we learned about them. I know we live in a world where we all see and share the highlight moments of our lives. Well, you already know that Joyce and I are all about keeping it real, so we just wanna have a humble episode where we chat through some mistakes that we made. And don't worry, there is a positive spin to this because we've learned from these mistakes and our business has grown from it. Before we get started, I just want to thank those of you guys who have shown love and support for our podcast. We love hearing from you and reread every single review that you leave on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Your words directly impact Joyce and I and helps us reach more people. Please
0: take a few minutes out of your day to share about the Modern Creative Podcast because sharing is caring. Okay, we're going to start off this episode with a tangent already because when you said that, You're so right. And it makes me have like happy tears when we get messages, when we get not only reviews, but like when you take the time to DM the podcast, Instagram, DM Diana, DM me, and you tell us like your stories and how the podcast, whatever particular episode you're referencing or whatever, like how it's helped you y'all give me the fuzzy feelings mm-hmm. so thank you <laughs> it's like and i, I also really receive like it. it
1: on the receiving end like when people send me things that like oh this reminded me of you or, or i think this oh yeah resource yeah, yeah. would be helpful it's so nice like yeah okay, just a real another tangent on top of this tangent
0: <laughs> i know like we're just we're starting with tangents you already know what is up but so i yes. was sharing
1: with my friend um <laughs> about this birthday party I wanted to throw, like a big birthday party. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to like have people over. It's going to be like 50 people in our backyard. And and then i ended up not going through with it and she asked me like why did you cancel your party and i was like to be honest i just didn't want to do dishes like i'm just tired of doing dishes all the time or you know running it even if it's running through the dishwasher that's still doing dishes right so anyways the next time we hung out she was like hey like i'm going to pick up some food for us and don't worry i'll bring plastic uh forks and 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 uh paper plates and stuff and i was like Wow, love language feels so known. So, anyways, going back to the sharing thing and remembering <laughs> uh shared resources and stuff. So that's as my tangent of the day. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a
0: tangent, girl. Okay. <laughs> it just happened, that's why. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we're recording this like right after Diana's birthday. So it is fresh. But anyway, we're talking about our biggest failures in business. Oh my god, it is such a kind of scary and deep episode because, and before I get into mine, because Diana's like, you go first, um, which I'm fine to do. Yeah,
1: no, <laughs> you're going first
0: for sure. When Before I get into it, I do put my little coaching hat on for a second and just remind you that whatever you perceive as a failure in your business, there's always a lesson to learn, one, and two, When you're feeling like something is a failure, really think about it. And if it is like you failed, quote unquote, you failed, but is your business, did it go bankrupt? Did it cease to exist? Did you become homeless? You know, like those are those are extreme examples, right? And I'm going to guess that the answer is no. So it was not really a failure. Think about it more like a lesson and then move forward because the person that is going to be successful in owning their creative business is the person that draws a lesson and moves forward continues every single day to move forward okay coach uh, hat off coach let's choice let's talk about claps. biggest <laughs> flops no okay i'm not even done yet so look at that oh, it shoot. came back oh, no shoot. it just you just reminded me i get a lot of clients who i get it like as creatives i somehow draw the creatives that are also like, really systemized and perfectionists or recovering perfectionists, right? And there's nothing perfect about being creative and there's nothing perfect about owning a business. Like, there's so nothing perfect about opening and owning a business. And so, the quicker we can get over, honestly, ourselves and that need for perfectionism, the quicker you can draw those lessons and just continue to grow as a business owner, as a person, you know? And that. Okay, again, with the tangents today, this is where we're starting off. We haven't even started yet. (laughs) I think we're delaying. We're totally delaying our biggest flops. Well, it does
1: go with it. And it was like the quote you posted today on Instagram story. I'd rather look back at my life and say, I can't believe I did that instead of saying, I wish I'd done that. And in order to do the thing, you got to make mistakes along the way. So I guess that's not really a tangent. It goes in with this episode, okay?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so last thing on that quote, I posted that from the Female Entrepreneur Association, which is a organization or a membership owned by Carrie Green, who's this Australian um, female entrepreneur. And um, I think she'll be on our book episode. Not she. Dude, that'd be awesome. But I mean, I'm going to talk about her book when we have (laughs) that book episode. So I reposted that from her because I learned some stuff from our episode with Katie about art theft. But anyway. So good. Yeah. So I guess we're done delaying, and I'm going to talk about my biggest business, flop. Flop or failure. I like flop. Oh, I don't know. Okay, tangent and a real tangent. Flop is one of those words, like moist, that can sometimes <laughs> gross people out. Wait, really? Yeah, That's I've so like... about flop? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Moist is like, oh, i have just like, it's a, it can be a triggering word to some people. I've heard this happen because I'm the one that's what? like, I don't get so grossed out about moist, but I'm like, oh, that's like a weird word. But some people feel like that about flop. I, I've had a co-worker's. So if you feel like that about the word flop or moist, like let us know. But Can you guys it tell more be... nervous about diving into this. I'm no, gonna... <laughs> I'm cracking up because of the word flop and just sounds so damn dirty. Ooh. Okay. Too
1: good. All right, Joyce. So what's <laughs> yeah. your biggest business mistake?
0: <laughs> um, it's it's not even this like huge it didn't end my business. So it goes back to what I said in the beginning, right? So for me, back in the summer. Yeah, late summer of 2018, I started a membership program. And so, you know, if you don't, just a little bit about my story. I worked in tech and advertising for like nine years. I started to create courses, uh, my first course that's no longer available to enroll in, but then I did watercolor bootcamp, I did brush calligraphy bootcamp, and I quit my job. And I was a course creator and I super identified with being a course creator and all the strategy and whatnot that goes behind that. If you're interested in course creation, definitely let us know over on the Instagram so maybe we'll have an episode about it. But I then started to see my students who were going through watercolor bootcamp, shout out, Diana is an instructor for that. They were starting to get pricing inquiries of their own and they would post in the Facebook group or they would email me like oh, you know, I really got a lot of value out of, I'm gonna use Watercolor Bootcamp as an example, out of Watercolor Bootcamp. And I posted my work and I got an inquiry to paint this or paint that, what do I price? And then I made a business lesson for Watercolor Bootcamp Enrollees or students. And then they kept coming, and I got people who took maybe my workshops in person, and they were getting job inquiries. And it was this kind of organic thing for me to then shift to business coaching and helping newer creatives figure out their pricing, their strategy, and so forth. And that's how business coaching came to be. And it just freaking like spoke and still speaks to my soul. And now my business has shifted from Write Pretty Things to Modern Creative Pursuits and business coaching. So that is the long story of where I am at now, right? Where I was at, at the summer of 2018. And I thought in order for me to help more creatives start their businesses, I should start a, I don't know, $37 a month membership. Like that seems doable because I get when you are just starting your business, not everyone is a crazy person like me who invests like eight thousand dollars in coaching, like Diana and like Sheena, like they point out that that's not normal <laughs> <You're>, yeah <laughs> so I am I am like f that all in like let's do this and and I got like the help that I needed, and you know I ended up quitting my job like in six months after I worked with my first coach, anyway, so I was trying to get back to other people who are not as crazy as me and maybe thought there needed to be a lower price offer for them to still get really great help that is applicable to their creative business because I, you know, I am a calligrapher and because I did start like calligraphy and watercolor courses. And so we're very niche, right? Like everyone is a creative, but there are just different kinds of business advice out there. And there's different kinds of niches and creativity. And I was speaking directly to the people that I was surrounded with. Which were calligraphers, watercolors, illustrators. So I was like so thirty-seven dollars. That like niche, yeah. Because
1: you know, to me, I'm like that's it's my like world. your whole yeah, exactly. Yeah, Stop it, jinx. Does it.
0: I know. So I thought thirty-seven dollars. That's gonna work. I'm gonna get to impact and help so many creatives that are searching for this business advice, and I can share like strategies and basically serve as a consultant. And it's just going to be great. And so many people are going to sign up. And I'm totally pricing this based on what I thought was going to work for someone who, again, was not as crazy as me and was not down to spend like eight to $10,000 on coaching right from the beginning. That's where my train of thought went when I was pricing my membership. And what happened was that I launched to crickets. And not crickets. I had a handful of people, but it definitely wasn't what I expected. And it wasn't the number of creatives that I was hoping to impact. And on the business side, it wasn't enough to sustain that. It wasn't enough to be like a major revenue stream of mine, if I'm just thinking about the revenue of it, right? And I really learned that like, the big lesson there of trying this, and that's not to say that memberships don't work, like, I'm a part, I'm part of memberships that are friggin' amazing, and from the business and revenue side, I know they're killing it, right, but it didn't work for me. Looking back, this was the very first time that I priced a product or service of mine based on what I thought other people wanted versus looking at the value, and I was giving, like, coaching calls during the month, several of them. I had a Facebook group that I was in daily, like answering questions. And, you know, that was a lot of value. And even when I ran or when I opened my watercolor course, like it is a, it's like a $400 watercolor course, but there's, you know, there's, you learn from like 16 experts, like there's value in that. Right. And even then I had no problem pricing high because I saw the value. But for some reason, when it was just me by myself trying this new business coaching and membership, I priced low and I didn't do it around the value. So that was definitely the lesson learned. I didn't ask. I just assumed that newer creatives would pay like $37 to get this help. What actually happens is when people invest in their business and they put money in and they put freaking some skin in the game and they're paying $1,000 or more that's when they show up, and that's when they see changes in their creative business. It wasn't happening when they were paying $37. It was happening when they were paying nine ninety-seven, dollars which is what this turned into. So that is how I fixed it. I changed this monthly membership into a 12-week group coaching program, which is my Creative Biz Boot Camps program, and I tweaked it so that I could actually be available more for coaching and be available more in our private community, like really focused on coaching and consulting, which means they get so much more of me than they would have got at a lower, you know, $37 um, price point. And these women who have joined the 12-week program that I offer, these are the ones that I share on Instagram that are getting their first uh wedding jobs, they're booking clients, they're meeting or exceeding their day job salaries. Like, it's these women. And there's nothing, like I said, I had a handful of membership people, right? Like, they are still in business and whatnot. But there was just a difference there in terms of the value that was being given as well as the action that was being taken. And that's that's no one's fault. It's like it just had to kind of match the kind of program that it changed into, right? It's like a
1: mindset thing too. It
0: is. It is totally mindset when you put money in. And yeah, so (laughs) that was my biggest mistake. I went with a membership versus starting off as a group coaching program because I was kind of scared with this transition of me being this course creator to a coach, even though it was organic. And it was the first time that I priced based on what I thought other people would like versus really asking or really looking at the value. And so I changed it. I didn't say like, oh, I'm not gonna be a coach anymore. Like I'm just gonna go release like Watercolor Bootcamp 2. I don't know why I did that voice, but I'm (laughs) gonna go release Watercolor Bootcamp 2. Instead, I changed it to a more in-depth 12- week group coaching program that i run and it has been amazing and it, it's been amazing because i'm seeing my clients wins in this group coaching program and like that is why i do it to see their wins do you know what i'm saying And it's like yeah. i i am there to guide you but i am not doing the work like you're still doing the work but i'm there to, to guide you for our 12 weeks together so A couple of things before we move on to Diana's biggest flop, because she's over there hoping that I keep talking forever so she doesn't have to share. (laughs) But um, remember that we did an episode on pricing for product and service-based people. That is episode 29. But the biggest thing that I wanted to highlight here with my flop quotes, air quotes, flop is that it's super important to ask and not assume. I could have pulled my audience a little bit better in terms of what they really needed and formed a program right from the beginning that would have given so much value and provided them with so much, honestly, like more support that they needed, right? But I didn't do that. I just assumed, oh, less than $40, like that should work. And so that was like the first mistake that I really made there. And second was approaching it from a place of lower price versus value, if that makes sense. So. Pricing is tricky and pricing is personal, (laughs) and we talk about it in the pricing episode, but when I really thought about how much I was giving and supporting, I felt okay changing this into a group coaching program at a higher price point. So that was another thing I wanted to mention besides like not assuming is also lead with value. That
1: is so good. If we have like a little like a quotable moment, this would be the quotable
0: moment. What? (laughs) Lead with value. Lead with – it is true because, look, all right, straight up, look, Diana – Diana loves money. We all love money. I love money. <laughs> Diana loves to talk about money. Y'all don't know that. You think that she's this like this bohemian artist, and she is, but she also loves money. Let's be real. I do too. That's why we're oh in this business. My God, I love this. We are able to make money doing what we love. This is why Diana and I do what we do. She just muted herself backstage, like peak, because she's probably cracking up right now. But it's my whole, <laughs> I really was. <laughs> it's true. It's true. She knows. She, you know me so well. <laughs> but. Money and impact, they can live together in harmony. It's not always about revenue. Like when I said like lead with value, to me, that means also like impacting a certain number of creatives and helping them start their business, right? Like I set a goal for myself at the beginning of 2019, for a number of creatives that I wanted to help get their businesses going and off the ground and scaling. And what happens naturally is that when you set a goal to genuinely like from your heart impact and work with and like really give value to your clients and customers, well, obviously, the revenue just comes because you're charging them, right? So we are businesses, you're charging them. But even with that, in my 2019 goal, like I led from I want to help 100 creative women through my group coaching and through my one on one coaching, start and scale their businesses. And then obviously, like I said, clearly money comes into play because they're paying for coaching. But
1: And I love was, what you said. Like yeah. lead with value, yeah. and one of the ways that you create value is through money. Well, you should lead with money.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: like, obviously, no offense, but creative job is not as glamorous as it seems. So if you don't lead with passion or value,
0: like, yeah, 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 you
1: will burn out. That's why creative burnout is so real.
0: Yeah, and so it's not a bad thing to love money, like Diana and I do, but. To be 100% honest, that's not how I set my goals this year. I set my goals, like I said, 100 creative women. I don't know where they're gonna come from. I just know that they're, it's very woo. I just know that they're gonna find me. Mm -hmm. And through working with that number of creative women and starting their businesses, like revenue just comes automatically, obviously. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I like to to rephrase that. We love money to we love growth in our business.
0: (laughs) I'm not gonna lie to you though. I I do like getting those cha-ching texts.
1: Yes, honeybuck has that when I when I book a client's like ching. I'm like, "Oh, wow, that's a yeah, nice
0: feeling." Not, I'm yes, not g- like we is. are transparent. And honestly, money, no money, whatever. The whole point is like we're able to have these businesses, these respective businesses that Diana and I have because we do lead with creativity and we do lead with value and impact and wanting to make an impact and when you come from that place, money just comes and it feels good because you're also impacting and you're not just out there like money grabbing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just got a vision of like, have you seen like game shows from before? And then they have the tube that you're in and the yes. money. They and then you're just wha- Ellen. yeah, you're. Oh, I need to watch Ellen. I haven't watched her in a while. <laughs> it's not like that. Like, is don't start from this like money grab unless you're an Ellen on the Ellen show. Oh, gosh, <laughs> then grab, strange. grab that money. But <laughs> don't treat your business like that yeah. think I about like the value you, you get. like even
1: when you raise your prices you raise the value which is yeah. why it accommodates for that added. totally
0: you get so much of me yeah. <laughs> like with with coaching you get so much choice
1: yeah no that's awesome i love that
0: we should try to get on the ellen show we
1: should i think she's in la right
0: yeah so we should like put in our name for tickets we and then should. i'll
1: should i'm
0: gonna we look into it would be amazing are you ready? Are you ready to talk about your flop? I am ready to talk about my flop. All right. Sorry, again, sorry. I'm sorry if flop is like a triggering word for people. That's so funny. <laughs> I totally don't think of it like that. I actually think of uh, pancakes, like flap. <laughs> oh, and see, you can't say pancakes flap to me Jack? because then, okay, well, that makes sense. But then I think of dogs. Ah,
1: okay, okay. I see that.
0: Yeah, that's what I get for having a dog named Pancake.
1: <gasps> oh, Oh, that's what you meant. I thought yeah, you were like think flopping of, around. If you dog. say pancake
0: and I'm like, what, true, true. what did he do? That's true. What did he do?
1: <laughs> oh, I want to meet pancake. All right. Moving on to my confession, my biggest mistake. So I had a hard time choosing this one, to be honest, because I've made so many mistakes. Money was actually in there for sure, like not pricing myself correctly and um, things like that. But I actually wanted to get into... Communications and setting boundaries. And for me, um, one of the things that I believe in is I feel like sometimes your biggest mistakes or the, the weaknesses that you have are kind of like your strengths gone wrong. Um, and I know that doesn't apply for all types of mistakes, but for me, for this specific thing that I made a mistake on, I feel like it does relate. So for me, um, my mistake that I had with my business is not setting deadlines or boundaries with people and I think I was coming from the place of like I just want to serve people and do my best with offering as much and just giving them as much of me as possible and I realized that if you don't create deadlines or boundaries in place like you actually end up doing the opposite of what you wanted to do so setting boundaries I've learned that definitely helps you serve people better. And then in return, people also have a better experience with you. And it's going back into that consistent experience over and over again, rather than like, oh, how come she seems really good one time and then not so good another time or whatever that may be. So I have an example with one of my early brides that I had for a wedding invitation client. And it's so funny. I remember okay, I'm just going to like drop a dollar bill out here, but I charged her $800 for like a full wedding suite. And I just was like, remembering how happy I was. I was like, oh my gosh, $800. That's like my first big client. And now I'm like, honey, that is like, oh my gosh, you're losing money right there. But anyway, outside of that, so this was my first big client. um, One of my first big clients at that stage of my life. And I had no boundaries. Like I had no like, draft amount or anything I was just like yeah let's do it because I was just so excited and I really wanted to work with her and I was excited to you know do gold foil printing cause was outside of that $800 by the way but anyway so I was really excited and because of that like I said I didn't communicate clearly on one of those things what uh what my service entailed what that $800 package entailed so what happened was um Not just with pricing, but it was also with like personal things like um, when I responded to her emails, how often I would respond and I would respond like super quickly. And then that taught her that I'm always available for an email or a text or call. And then that communication got lost because I didn't set clear boundaries on like, hey, let's only keep things that affects your invitation. Let's only keep that communication in an email So we have that to refer back to, but if it was like over the phone and then she emailed me something different, like everything gets lost. So that was like one way of not having clear boundaries. And then two, I also didn't set clear boundaries on my office hours. And I remember one time, uh, well, she was kind of like having some personal things that she was going through with like a family member, like whatever. And so that was happening there. And then she called me one time at like 8.30 PM on like, A Thursday or something and I was rock climbing with my husband. I don't know if I shared this story already. Maybe I have, but she called me and she was crying and she was telling me about the drama that she had with her family member and how the invitations somehow were involved. And you know, and I was, I picked up on that call and it was my fault for picking on that call. Like, of course it came from a place of like wanting to serve my client and be there for them. But I was like, whoa, this is like, I don't know how I can, you know, be a professional with this project and then at the same time like spend the time with my husband like at 8 30 p.m like it's just it's crazy right so anyways this was just like one example that was like the moment I realized like why did I do that why did I pick up on the call why do I respond to her at 11 p.m on email like obviously I'm conditioning her and I'm letting her know hey you can talk to me whenever and that is my fault and I think a lot of people make this mistake in the beginning, not setting office hours or clear deadlines and boundaries. And I think the best way you can do that is in the very beginning, communicate the process upfront. Like tell them this is the office hours that you can reach me at. These are the amounts of drafts. Like if we ever do uh, revisions, it'll be over email. Like that's what we have things like contracts in place, right? Like if you listen to episode 30, we go over contracts for creative businesses and stuff like that. But it's so important to realize the reason we have those things in place is not because, you know, for our benefit, it's also for our client's benefit. So they know exactly what to expect. You're honoring them and they're honoring you. Um, And honestly, at the end of the day, it is your business. Like you have to be able to scale your business and create a like a good environment for you to like come into work with and stuff like that. And being available for on call for anyone is just not a healthy place to be. So I would say that is my biggest flop out of all the other flops. Like I don't mind, you know, of course, I'm not happy about it. I'm not going to repeat that money mistake again, pricing my stationary line incorrectly, obviously don't want to repeat that. But I would say out of all the mistakes, this one hits home for me because it, reminds me like, okay, in order for me to serve people the best way that I can, I need to create boundaries between, you know, the services and within the time limit so I can serve people and honor them. So anyways, that's my biggest mistake.
0: I think that that is so important, Diana, because when we're first starting our creative businesses, we want all of the business, right? And we want to give so much, especially to our first clients, because I don't know about you, but I, for me, it's kind of like, oh, they're giving me a shot and I'm a newbie, you know, so I'm going to do everything that I can. And then what ends up happening is like what happened to you where there's no boundaries and it just, it takes away from how you can better serve them. Right. So I think that that is a great lesson learned. And now, you know. She's got all her boundaries up, guys. No, I'm kidding. You could, <laughs> you could DM or email or whatever you want. But lessons learned, right? It's in, it's like lessons learned for in real life relationship with your personal that relationships too. and mm-hmm. business relationships. So mm-hmm. if I could finger snap and not mess up this audio, I would. <laughs> I just like keep finger snapping. Okay, so thank you for joining us in this kind of scary episode about talking about our biggest business failures so far, because let me tell you, more are going to come. And now Diana and I are ready and we're equipped for it. But it is kind of scary when it happens. But just remember what I said in the beginning of the episode, that the difference between the creative entrepreneur that quote-unquote makes it and doesn't is that that person who made it learned from their mistakes. They drew lessons out. They realized it was not the end of the world and moved on. That doesn't mean you can't have like some Netflix potato day to recuperate and get your feelings together, but you got to move on. you got to stop the Netflix. When Netflix tells you, are you still watching Great British Bake Off, Joyce? At that point, you have to say no. So to recap our episode, we just wanted to remind you that it's so important to come from a place of value and serving and impact. And the impact that you want to make We are business owners, so it is okay to like or love money because the more people that you serve and provide value to, the revenue naturally follows. As long as you're like in the forefront, you are coming from a place of value, we believe that that is kind of the best way to have a business that is sustainable and continues to grow. And it's so important to have boundaries. That is what will help you serve your clients in the best possible way and also be the best version of you. So just remember that. And if you are in this season of a flop, a failure, no boundaries, not loving money, whatever, whatever it is, we're here to support you. We want to hear from you. So definitely hop over to our Instagram, leave us a message, leave us a comment. We want to know how you're doing. And we want to know if sharing these kind of stories with you is actually helpful for you. So let us know. And until the next time, thank you for listening.